Hello, you're listening to Rosie and Jessica's Day of Fun, episode 36, Ice and Icing. Enjoy! And you're listening to Rosie and Jessica's Day of Fun. It's the dishwasher still running. Yeah, but it's quite quiet, so I think That's we can fine. leave it. Uh, the washing machine beeps something chronic. That's and it beeps noisy. like on every minute until you turn it off. It's very keen, isn't it? I know. I have to pause my program. Um, the hi. stories. <laughs> I have to pause my stories. Largely modern family at the moment. Um, I have just set up the Nintendo Wii, who if they would like to sponsor us, I'd be very happy to embrace that. Um, so that we can watch Netflix on the television through the... It's weird, because you think, wow, we're living in the future, we can just watch TV when we want. And then I can now not just watch the TV I want from the internet on my television, I watch it through a games console, <laughs> which just seems very... We peculiar. are living in the future. I know, like, you can't imagine, yeah, and then I'll use my Dreamcast to watch Modern Family whenever I like. And that's working pretty well, except the internet stopped working for a little bit today and that was very upsetting stressful i'm enjoying modern family immensely jessica is currently molding little figures for a cake and they are <laughs> tiny little babies it's a, it's a baby shower sort of cake trying to make a like fondant baby it's like really <laughs> that looks pretty good it's like an inflatable chair well i mean <laughs> while i said that uh, um or a uh, telephone a telephone, yeah, it, it's the direct line phone. It is, yeah. Or, um, what's the, what was the thing that wasn't Pogs? Numbskulls. Yeah. Is it Numbskulls? Numbskulls or n- Nerds, no. No, Nerds Little Sweets. I know exactly the kind you mean. Yeah, and they, they had like a weird, like, they had a skull face on that side and they just had like nobules on the back. Who knew how, who knew how you were supposed to play that? Nobody. No, well, when, who who knew how to play Pogs? As far as I'm aware, Pogs is You had to stack pogs. them up, you threw the plastic one at them, and then you, you got to keep everyone's Pogs. <laughs> Extortion, I mean. Pogs. Pogs are funny. When uh, when I did Panto at university, I'm pretty sure every Panto for a while had a stupid reference to Pogs, because it's one of those things that's just inherently hilarious. Like, I maintain that, that biscuits aren't funny, but making a reference to pink wafers is, is funny. Yes. And there's a, the Victoria Wood slide you scared of what, what biscuits are funny. Custard cream's hilarious. Mm. That's yeah. Bourbon's not very funny. Not Custard very cream's funny. hysterical. The Prince Charles Cinema, which uh, regular listeners will know I'm a very big fan of. Uh, and in fact, I would like to say I hope you are as well, since our excellent experience watching Romeo uh, and I am. Um, they had a thing about what people's films New Year's resolutions were. And a couple of people said, oh, I want to see a hundred films. I don't know. I think they might have met in the cinema. And I thought, I'll take that on. Um, it's halfway through February. I've already seen 24. That's yes. not bad. I am well ahead of schedule. Um, well, I watched three in one day. I mean, one of them was Kermit Swamp Years, which is a direct-to-video uh, program, film about the early life of Kermit the Frog from 2002, which was on the Movie Mix channel. Oh. But it was very enjoyable, um, and there's a little bit where Kermit is a is a young Kermit. He's a frog. Yeah, he's a frog. He lives in the swamp with his two friends. And does he look like Kermit? He's a little Kermit. Yeah, he's a miniature version of. Yeah, he doesn't. He's not. It's not Robin. It's a little. Right. It's a new little Kermit. I see, but he's just smaller than your average Kermit. Yeah, his head's a slightly different shape, but a bit disconcerting. And his friend Croker and Goggles. Uh, Goggles is a toad that wears big glasses. 
they are they live in the swamp and they're a bit scared of the outside world but then they end up going on an adventure and uh, people have already said to commit that he, he shouldn't interact with humans and then he at one point falls over when they're on a road and a young man comes and helps him up and he says and runs away because he's not allowed to talk to animals but he's very touched by how this nice young man helped him and then you hear a voice say Jim, come inside! And the guy goes and gets something from the mailbox and it's the Henderson family mailbox. And, you Adorbs. know, I feel like children are probably, probably going to miss that. It's beautiful. The reference. Um, but I loved it. Do you know what I think is overrated? Although it may be that I watched it on a weekday afternoon in bed with the curtains closed. Wayne's World. Um, Which, uh, all yeah. I knew about it was that you'd want to watch it in the morning at a sleepover. I, I want to say that was actually Wayne's World 2. Actually, yes, I think it was. Um, uh, we ate uh, melted ice cream for breakfast. The films you watch in the morning of a sleepover always take on a slightly weird mythic quality, I think. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Oh, what's this film? Um, it's how I first saw Iron Man on New Year's Day 2009. Yeah, I've watched... I've, I've started keeping an Evernote list of all the films I've seen so that I can keep track of it. Um, and one of that... One of those films... Will be coming uh, up later in the podcast. Good, good. Of the twenty-four films, the only one I've seen in the cinema. Ah, uh, yes, I, I've guessed which one it is now. Yes. Well, you were there. I mean, I knew, I knew. Um, Jessica, how, how has your life been? Well, since we recorded, I had my birthday. Thank you very much. Happy, happy birthday. Thank you. Um, I sent Jessica a mug with her face on it. You did. You did. Not my recent face. No. Oh, <laughs> I forgot that. It was Jessica when she was about. Six, six. <laughs> in, in a ballet uniform. <laughs> but nice, good work. It was on a children's mug with a matching children's card. It was appropriate. Yeah, no, I think I also it. it would be weirder if I sent you a card with your like, <laughs> like a mug current face. face <laughs> yeah, because that was like hilarious, child me. Otherwise, it's like either you're a weird egotist who has your own photo <laughs> on all of your uh, mugs, or you might forget who you are. Yeah. So it was your birthday. So it was my birthday. Um. And I uh, had some time off work to use up the end of my holiday year, to be brutally honest. Um, and I had a lovely time, a lovely few days. I went to the Horniman Museum. I didn't see the walrus. Badly stuffed walrus. Badly stuffed walrus of, of mythic proportions. Literally. Didn't even mean that oh, one. Oh, very good. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he was on tour. And then also I'd sort of forgotten about... I remembered him in the uh, run-up to going. And then I'd sort of forgotten about him when I actually got there. And um, presumably he would be in the natural history department. But that is just entirely taxidermy. And I decided that that wasn't for me right then. So I didn't go in. And I suspect he was probably at the end of that. See, I really like taxidermy. But I mainly like taxidermy tableaus. Like, there was a really good one on The Guardian recently where they collected the art of somebody who put, like, bunnies in a school scene. Except for the end of the slideshow, was, was all really the weird mutant ones. Oh, no, I didn't see that, but I did oh. see... I just saw the picture of the bunnies, and it was really good. And there were bunnies, like, looking at each other's work. Yeah, okay, it wasn't like... just seated, because I've got the squirrels playing cards, and... What are my other squirrels? Because I, uh, I'm sure we've mentioned before, Taxidermy Corner, which I had at my last office. Um, not real taxidermy in the office, that's very peculiar. But on my desk, I had uh, newspaper clippings of taxidermy. But not just, like, a stoat. If it's a stoat, preferably it should be in a little dinner jacket. Because yeah. the tails complement the length of the stoat. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Woodland creatures really lend themselves to Victorian and Edwardian costume. I think they do. And there's also just something about the, the nature... Nature? <laughs> of, um, of taxidermy tableaus. 
There's something of the Edwardian about them. Yeah, there is. I blame Beatrice Potter, even though hers were just paintings. Yeah, I don't think she'd have been down the taxidermy. No. You know, on my weird holiday, I mean, my excellent holiday, the bit where I went to Gloucester and went to the little tailor of Gloucester's house, probably the best bit. That's yeah. a total... Well, no, but it was just really good. They have a, a re- recreation of the tailor of Gloucester waistcoat. Recently... Uh, we have been re-watching Jam and Jerusalem that's been on the drama channel. Oh, is it? Oh, I like Jam and Jerusalem. I was thinking I'm about that it's just finished. Well, I'm just thinking of buying it on DVD. I'm going to buy a tomato. We missed the whole first series except one episode. But um, it's still very good. Sorry, I've derailed your thing by talking about taxidermy. No, that's okay. Did it in... And I went to Miss Cupcake. Oh, of course you did. And I got some cupcakes and I had a, a BLT. Not a real one. Yeah, it? what? <laughs> a TLT. Tofu. Tofu, yeah. It was really good. Ate on the train. Uh, I went to Pancatidia for my birthday lunch with Mama. Yeah. Tasty. Bloody not allowed to come. Because <laughs> you're a sickly invalid. Yeah, you can't go to brownies if you've not been to school. My entire existence. It sucks to be you, doesn't it? Kind of. What did you have at Pancatidia? I had a, um, a sort of vegetable raw salad mm. platter thing. It was very tasty. Mm-hmm. We went at quarters to twelve, so we had breakfast lunches. Because uh, we were going for lunch, but you can't eat a chicken pot pie at quarter to twelve. No, no. Um, so I had the scrambled eggs and prosciutto. But it was like you don't need to cook that; it's a dried ham, and it was a little on the crispy side. I believe it was referred to as crispy prosciutto on the menu, but you know, dead giveaway. Yeah. Um, and a hot chocolate where you had a little pot of chocolate and you could stir uh, it. Yeah. Put far too much in. I am not, you know, I don't need that much flavour in my life. The best bit, surely. I know. Well, it was pretty good. And then I wrote my name, I wrote an R in the top. I've got a picture. Um, because, well, no one else was. Pancatinian is really nice. I like it a lot. They want to sponsor us. My friend Heather came to visit and she has lent me a selection of films, which are mainly Cary Grant and Audrey Hepburn films, which is really good because the... The week before she visited, we watched Charade, which is a really good Audrey Hepburn character. I like that film, it's good. Yeah, it's worked out really well. She also lent me Eddie Edward's Force Majeure, which I tried watching. But one that is entirely en français. No. Right. Although he does come and see, he does the start and starts saying hello Wembley and talking in French. Um, but I sort of was phasing in and out of concentration, which doesn't really work with an Eddie Edward show. No. It's quite, you need to be on the ball. Yeah. Otherwise, you don't know how he's got to that bit he just talks about the name steve a lot every single section has a joke about steve yeah which was really funny yes there's always a character called steve isn't there? steve so i've got lots of lovely films lined up and in my, the highlight of my week and i use that word on purpose is when the radio times into the house because i highlight everything for the week and then set the um video recorder it's not a video recorder but i i feel i feel foolish to call it a dvr but yeah. it is dvr I DVR those things. Now, um, I've become addicted to crosswords. That's what I want to say. The arrow word. Brilliant. Because I did about 12 crosswords the other day. And um, because I was spending a lot of time watching television or watching television on my iPad um, or just on my iPad, I then sit and do my crosswords and listen to old episodes of Pop Culture Happy Hour and um, The Infinite Monkey Cage. I'm learning about science. So I've been trying to do those. What did you see at the Horniman Museum that wasn't natural history um i went to the africa gallery Mm -hmm. and i went to musical instruments and i went to an exhibition about extinction that sounds fun yeah 
Um, and I also went to one that's celebrating 100 years with the Horniman Museum. Yeah. And um, there was a it's not not a massive not a massive room. There was a lot going on there. Almost too much, I would say. Okay. It was kind of a bit overwhelming, and it was very dark, and some of it was a bit kind of uh, there's a big face on that. Well, it's like when we went to Snow's Hill Manor. Snow's Hill Manor, and I wasn't expecting the samurai. Well, that's just a really weird place, because it's just a big house where everything is full of weird stuff. Although he had a really nice, cosy-looking bed, because it was one of those ones that's like a... He had so much weird stuff, he couldn't even live there. He oh, lived yeah. He lived in the in the annex above the stables, above the garage. Thing. And he had one room that was just a massive doll's house. Yes. And then he had that room full of samurai costumes, which is bloody terrifying. The attic was full of bicycles, and... Where like, is this place? Near Evesham? Uh, that explains well. I don't always remember where I'm about to rustle. Well, that's good. Is uh, did, but would you say that the Hornyman Museum is a good day out? Yes, it was, and it's free entry. Could you tell me the tea room uh, situations? There is a tea room. Um, it looked like it had food I could eat. It was full of small children. So you did not go in. So I didn't go in. <laughs> that's fine. Um, it would be fine, you know, if you, if there was more than one of you, or you were there with a small child or a group, but I was just like by myself, mm-hmm. couldn't instantly see a table, mm-hmm. and there were lots of small children being noisy. It smelled nice though, and I think there was vegan food. Okay, very good. Um, there were several school trips there when I was there as well. Uh, nightmare. Of, of varying ages and sizes mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. loudnesses. So, yeah, but no, it was good. The tea room at Exeter Cathedral is very good. Good. I had a cream tea for my lunch. Of course you did. Yeah, good. I mean, I love a museum, but I would say that a large part of it is the experience, and that is uh, a large part of that is the tea room. Yeah, and the price of postcards because some places are very dear. I tried to. F- I can. The shop at the Horniman Museum is not is not brilliant. It sells a lot of stuff. None of it really Horniman Museum paraphernalia type things. Oh, okay, but a lot of trinkets and oh, yeah. bits and bobs. When when I was in Versailles, I spent at least ten minutes trying to get Tara to buy me a two hundred euro um, dressing up outfit of like Marie Antoinette. Of course you did. Yeah, she wouldn't add three macaron though. Uh, so yeah, that was the the ornament. And then I got the bus to Brixton and went to Miss Cupcake. Yummy. So a couple of weeks ago, Jessica and I went to the cinema to see the new Disney film Frozen. We were with some very well-behaved small children and some even better-behaved young male teenagers in front of us. Who I thought, I thought, I thought when we say we were with them. Oh, yeah, I mean, in, the, in the cinema. Um, I thought they were going to be trouble and they weren't. They were hilarious. Yeah, they were loving it. Um, we went to a cinema which had strangely had two new screens built. This is a huge cinema in a retail park. It's now got 12 screens. There is never anyone in there when I go. And the one we went in was tiny. It only had 70 seats in it. So, Jessica, Rosie, you and I are both fans of the uh, of the r- most recent run of Disney films. We like Tangled. Just stop. <laughs> that was the sound of a, of a baby's head landing or falling off a landing. A model baby's head, not a re- not a mo- like a not a real baby. Not not a baby that we've brought in to do some modelling work. <laughs> a royal lighting baby. Jessica and I are fans of the most recent run of Disney films. We like Tangled. Tangled is brilliant. We like Princess and the Frog. Well documented. Um, we like Frozen, I think. We're going. It's good. Frozen is based on the Snow Queen in that there is a queen associated with snow. Now, is the Snow Queen that one that you did when you were at primary school and some kid gets a bit of glass in his eye? Well, I didn't do it. I went to see a production. Yeah. In the Snow Queen, she has a big like ice mirror and it shatters and a bit of it goes into Kai's heart 
And so he goes and lives with the Snow Queens, but Edmund in Narnia. Right. So his sister Gerda goes to rescue him. And, and one of them cries nearer or something. Yeah, maybe she cries on him and her tears melt the gl- ice in his heart. So Someone definitely has something in their eye because I've seen a bit of it on TV. Oh, uh, then maybe he doesn't get it in his heart. They get it out of his heart or something, but then, and then he has to cry and then it comes out and then he's restored. Like that weird book where the, where the sister runs after the brother and he runs through a tunnel and they've been fighting and then he's stoned at the other end and then her love, oh, this ties in nicely, restores him too. I've never heard of that book. So we had it at primary school, it was weird. Yeah, so it's based on the Snow Queen, but very tenuously in that there are, like, it's thematic, there's both storyline, there are sibling relationships, there's a queen, there's some snow, um, there is snow and ice in people's hearts. Yes, there is. But Frozen is not really about that. And Frozen is a film that would work perfectly well if they were not princesses. Yeah, that's true. They actually don't need to be royal at all. No, but this is... I mean, it's a really good step forward for Disney, I would say. But there's, they have a, a weird obsession. Well, obviously, because their Disney princess marketing line is a ginormous money spinner, and why wouldn't you? Um, oh, exactly. But I really enjoyed it. I thought that the talking snowman sidekick was going to be abominably I was annoying. concerned, and then he was actually really funny. It was probably the funniest thing in it. Um, yep. I liked the little... Apart from the baby troll. By the way, I don't see no ring. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was really good. <laughs> the trolls were really cute. Uh, also, did you notice this, or did you read on IMDb, that it's the first Disney film to depict a gay family, or a family with a homosexual relationship, tenuously. I came across that. So I thought, that's a man. <laughs> but I thought when he, because he was, right, there was a scene in which two of the characters arrived at a sort of... Trading posts, come trading posts come a holiday villa. Um, and he's, I thought he was introducing them to the other guests, saying, hello, family, as if, oh, that's a family that's staying. I think I think it's a dad and a wife and three children. Oh, I thought it... Because, no, because I, I saw that, and it, it was accompanied, and I was thinking, I didn't get that at all. And then I, I sort of looked at the picture, and I was like, no, I think the, the big child on the edge is actually woman. the mother. Oh, okay. Did they have a picture? I did not see a picture. But I, what I can see how you would think that. Um, it does it does sort of work, but I and I, hey, you could argue that Disney's design of women are really infantile. Um, what is definitely in there is that there is a scene where lots of people are arriving for an event, and in the corner of the scene are Flynn Rider and Rapunzel. Yep, which I enjoy muchly, uh, as obviously I'm a big fan of those people. Yeah, it has really good songs. Obviously, it has the Adina Menzel. Let it go. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, it has the Demi Lovato cover over the credits. Awkward. I thought it was fun and good. In places I was shocked. There was a shocking moment. There is a moment where you think perhaps it's going to go the way of that glowworm thing in The Princess and the Frog. Oh, yeah. Oh, traumatising. That is tragic. You can't put that in a children's film. But all in all, I would say that Frozen... Is an excellent film. Probably end up owning it when it comes to home media. I think so. And it's it's quite clever and... It's also very pretty at the beginning, especially. The design is lovely. See, I thought... Right, the design... There's When you're looking at um, Elsa, who's one of the main characters, she has this dress on and you can see every sequin and every hot stone and every um, bit of lattice work in the power net that forms her actual animated power net. That forms. What's the point? Because she made that out of ice. Not doesn't matter. <laughs> um, but then I felt like at the ball, it was like they'd sort of 
rendered it to a point and then kind of gone... What, with the other characters? Do. The other characters, mm. it was very plain. Now, I actually th- agree with this. I enjoyed the, the scene at the beginning where the ice farm is... Yes, that was, that was very good. That opened well. I mean, it, it doesn't... The uh, palace building scene could have been impressive, as impressive as the floaty light scene in Tangled, yeah, but sadly wasn't. Yeah, were really good, weren't they? Apparently, that is definitely worth seeing in 3D. That's the only reason you should go see Tangled in 3D. Did you learn that on Pop Culture Happy Hour? I did. So all in all, I think, as expected, Rose and Jessica's Day of Fun gives Frozen a big thumbs up. It's no burlesque. I mean, that's a good one. Good. Top fives! Top fives. Okay. Good lord, where have I put my notes? So this week's top fives is in no way related to anything else we're doing this week. But we will be reviewing the best fictional bands. Yeah, fictional fictional bands. Oh, it's my turn to go first. It is. I found this one difficult. Pourquoi? I don't know. It was just because... Now, these are things in film and television, I think, almost exclusively. Yeah. Um, uh, but bands. It's difficult to pick a band from a book because it's very much um, informed by the music. Ability. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we have done things from film and television, either where characters form bands or there are fictional bands in the fictional world that they take place in. But then in some cases, bands have broken out and become real bands in the real world. But we'll start. I'll see what I'll see what goes. I mean, I'm probably gonna change this top five around as I go. Write it. Okay. Number one, Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Of course, it is. Yeah, from the glam rock musical Hedwig and the Angry Inch, which we've discussed previously. I mean, their songs are actually all the songs in the show, and they just had some. But it, they're great. They're good songs, anyway. So Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Also, a lot of wig work. Number two, the Blues Brothers. Yep. Uh, great, lovely cover of Warhide. Um, Warhide. Their song "Everybody Needs Somebody to Love." I mean, that's a classic. And was the finale song in the pantomime I wrote. The next two, I would like to put together, if I may. You may. Sex Bobomb. We are Sex Bobomb. We are Sex Bobomb, and we are here to make you get sad and think about death and stuff. And the Clash of Demon Head. They aren't actually connected in any way, but um, I couldn't work out which I liked more. Because, obviously, from Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, Sex Bobomb being Scott's band, but the Clash of Demon Head have the better song. However, that's a real song by the band Metric. So, does that even count as a fictional band? Oh, tricky. Ugh. But then she's really good at performing, and also one of them is uh, Superman on the bass. So... And he is briefly a vegan. So those are my three. Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. Of course, yeah. Yeah. Which, of course, in December, won me a hat! Knowing that they were the band. We've covered this on a previous yeah, tri- trivia trivia hat. So that's for not you, Spinal Tap. <laughs> um, hey, I'm going to go with... Do I want the Worthless Peons or School of Rock? I don't know. I'm going to say School of Rock. Because they are a proper fictional band. The Worthless Peons, Ted's band from Scrubs. We have been seeing concert, which really, really stretches the meaning of the word fictional if I have a ticket stub. So I'm going to say the true, School true. of Rock because they have never done concerts and they are a heartwarming tale as well. The, their bandiness is integral to the film. So that is my top five. Top five. Jessica. Rosie. Put the icing babies down and do your top five. 
Right, well, number one, the Oneidas. I'm sorry, the Wonders. As in, I wonder what happened to the Oneidas. From the film That Thing You Do. Uh, originally it's spelled O-N-E-D-E-R, as in the Wonders. Mm-hmm. Um, but no one could pronounce it. So they changed it to the Wonders. Spelled correctly. They're brilliant. My love of that film and this music therein is well documented on this podcast. So let's move on without further ado. Number two, the Pussycats from uh, the film Jason the Pussycats. Yeah. The vocals are provided by Kay Hanley of Letters to Cleo, so obviously I love them and they're brilliant. And they've actually got genuinely good songs, actually. Their soundtrack is basically an album. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's good. I have two for a joint third entry. They're not from the same film, they're not really linked, except they do a similar sort of music. So I have um, Sweet Sue and Her Society Syncopators. Oh, okay, that's one of my honourable mentions. Yeah, from uh, Some Like It Hot. Mm -hmm. And I also have The Blonde Bombshells from Last of the Blonde Bombshells. Yes. And they both do swing jazz Mm -hmm. type Mm -hmm. stuff. And it's all fab and it's... Yeah. So you can see how that kind of linked. That was third. Number four, Spinal Tap. (laughs) Okay, very good. This one goes up to 11. This is very tense. I feel like our lists are very similar... But yeah, who's surely you're going to put the electrocutes on? Yeah. So number five is the electrocutes, um, also known as the Donners, who are one of my favourite bands. I kind of the reason I am denied about that was because they are just the Donners. They're basically appearing as themselves. Um, yeah. If you go on their Wikipedia page and see like other names that the band has been listed as, the electrocutes appears, and I'm I've not been able to quite work out if that's just because they were known as the electrocutes in the film Drive Me Crazy. I'm sorry, that's yeah. the film they appear in. Just quite a good. It's a fine. It's all right. Um, it's Sabrina in that. It's film. Melissa Joan Hart. Who's the man? Adrian Grenier from Entourage. Entourage. <laughs> And teen movies of that era. Teen movies okay. of that era, I believe. I've not actually seen him in anything else because I didn't watch Entourage. I don't know what else he's in. Why would you? But yeah, it's, it's the Donners. Um, on Men? On Men's. Okay. I have a lot. I have some that you that you put in your thing. But yeah, mine I have. Is, mine is quite long. I have. Okay, so mine, mine are Spinal Tap. Yep. Uh, Sweet Sue and Society Sink of Because they look like fun to hang out with. Yeah, they put alcohol well, in. As we said last last week, that's that's the place we. I want to go to there. I want to go to there. The worthless peons, Ted's band. Yep, I have them in my. Uh, uh, I put list. Mouse Rat, which is now this is a test of whether you were paying attention in the in the challenge I set you this week, Jessica. What was the challenge you set me this week? What did I challenge you watch this week? Parks and Recreation. Yes, I watched it. Yes, and there, there was a. I what, don't. I don't remember. What did Andy do? This is a pop quiz. He wore some shoes. No, but he who 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 did he hang out with? Who did he make friends with? He made he made friends with the um, the boyfriend of one of the April's. Yeah, he gave him a mouse rat CD. That's right. It's Andy's band from Parks and Recreation. Um, but they they go through in the second series. Well done, brain for judging that. <laughs> they go through a lot of names, and so I don't really care for their music. But it's very funny about all the weird names they go through. Right. The see. On that ground, I have um, Mystic Spiral from Daria. They they're always their their music is is not particularly a massive part of it. Some of their songs are terrible. Some of them are fine. Um, but they're always introduced as this is my band Mystic Spiral. They were thinking of changing the name. <laughs> um, I have Pop. From music and lyrics. Yes, I have them. The Alan Twitty Project. I have that. From Even Stevens. Because it, it gave us the phrase, why did you split up? Well, due to creative differences. I'm creative, he's different. Not saying it's an original joke, but it's where I heard it. And, and judging by Shia LaBeouf's recent behaviour, it almost certainly isn't topical. Awkward. Uh, Dingo's Ain't My Baby. Yeah, got them. 
uh, of Buffy. Du jour. I got them. Du jour means friendship. Du jour means seatbelts. I've got Dusty and Lefty from A Prairie Home Companion. Oh, yeah. I nearly put the guy's all-star shoe band. Oh, yeah. That'd be really good as well. So. Yeah, Dusty. Yeah, Dusty and Lefty. I also have, um, from Back to the Future, Marvin Berry. You <laughs> 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 have a real name, but I did not yeah. bother to... <laughs> I just wanted to shout. Much like it's fun to shout, Giselle! Shouting, it's your cousin Marvin. Marvin <laughs> Berry is very fun. So that's those yeah, are my honorable mentions. Do you have any more? Yeah, I do. Um, I have. Uh, well, I've got Doctor Teeth and Electric Mayhem. Um, I've got Flight of the Concords. Yeah, very good. And they were they they are then there with the Electrocutes and also also the Worthless Peons. We're kind of I real bands. down together because they're they're real bands. But yeah. I have Pop as you had. I have Hep Alien from the Gilmore Girls. Oh uh, yeah. I have the Soggy Bottom Boys from. Oh, um, of course. Uh, oh, brother, oh, brother, art that. And I've got the Sapphires from self-titled film, The Sapphires. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I've got School of Rock. I have Jeffster from um, Chuck. They're rubbish, but they're funny. Yes. What else do I have? I have... Oh, did you know we've done? From an episode of Friends. I don't remember this, but it was appeared in the list of um, fictional bands we were reading earlier. Yes. Just for the name alone, Helena Handbasket. <laughs> Which I think might have... First name Helena... Her first name Helena, surname Handbasket, as in Helena Handbasket. Mm, one... I think might be my new role derby name. <laughs> my favourite um, sign-off. From QI is where Stephen Fry says, we're all going to hell in a bottom carter. <laughs> um, and I have one more, and this is the only one that is a... Actually, I have two more. I have one more that's um, a, it's not a band, it's a, um, a single performer, and that's Robin Sparkles. Oh, of course! How could we leave her off? Um, and But for bonus points, I have a fictional band from within a film about a fictional band, which is Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters. Which is really difficult to say. What? Which is um, the the band that the Wonders play in a film they are in within the film. <laughs> that thing you do. And Rose's face is just imploded. Oh my goodness me! Excellent. Yeah. Those are our top fives. My song. Your song. My song this week is Christine Lavin's "Regretting What I Said." It's a song I first heard on Pop Culture Happy Hour, and they were talking about anti-Valentine's things. I think this is where it came from. And it's a funny song about uh, regretting what you said during an argument. And it's all about, I'm, I'm sorry that I said it. I hope the cable snapped when you stepped inside the elevator and you got trapped in the doors and you got mauled by dogs. Um, it's a very long list of calamities that she regrets wishing on her boyfriend. It's very funny. Good. It sounds hilarious. Snack of the day! Snack of the day! I've already done sweet and salty popcorn, haven't I? I don't really pay attention to what you Jelly. Say. <laughs> Neil Lamford Neil, Neil Lamford I have finished not one ladies and gentlemen not two but two finished garments <laughs> do you know what one of them is <laughs> why did I say that in a Australian <laughs> accent why it's the enormous blue jumper is finished yay the enormous blue jumper that was the yellow birds custard cabbage cream egg jumper the, the enormous blue jumper is not only finished but it's actually quite attractive, and I wear it quite a lot. You're wearing it now. And people have spoken to me and not known that I made it myself. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's good. I like um, it. Uh, I need to sew this bit back up because it's popped out a little bit. Um, but it's finished. So this is the um, Raglan Roll Neck Jumper from the Vintage Knitting Book um, that I have been knitting on and off pretty much since this podcast began um, in various colours and guises. Since the world was young. This actually knitted up 
fairly quickly and much more easily than the previous one. The wool is so much better. I've brought it down so we can actually discuss the wool and patterns that I have used. This is using Wendy Serenity Super Chunky and it is... I want to check because it's 10% wool and 20% alpaca. And it says you should use an acrylic wool, 70% acrylic, for this pattern because otherwise it loses its shape because of the way it's made all in one. Uh, okay. um, and But the alpaca gives it a really nice fluffiness and sound slightly pilling there. Um, and it's very cosy and very snuggly and it's a good size because I have knitted it a size bigger than the orange one because that was way too small. And then because of the this wool, um, it knits up too big so instead it was enormous. So I actually knitted it in the same size that I knitted the orange one in. It is in fact the right size. But it's all done. Um, so having finished this and I was knitting it like a, a lot but it's chunky wool so it's not really fast yeah um i started on a new project which is in fact another pattern that i already knitted which i'm knitting the rico baby classic 93 v-neck cardigan um which i had started doing in july of last year but i was doing it in stripes and that was taking uh, an absolute age and Oh yeah, I remember that. It, it looks fine, but um, when I started I didn't have too much in creams. So it alternates between each row of the rainbow stripe wool, the self-striping rainbow. Um, it has, it, it alternates between the two creams. And that actually looks okay, but it's just a bit of a faff. You have to sew all the ends in and it takes forever. Um, and there is uh, a striped option in this pattern for the round neck one. So it's clear that it can be done with stripes, but it's a lot easier to do it all one colour. So I have picked that up and knitted it in the Serdar Super Soft Aran. Um, I have a maroon and a cream. I'm not sure which shades they are. I have 901 here, but I don't know which one that is. Um, and I knit that, and that pattern knits much faster when you are not swapping to stripe the wool all the time. Yeah, I can imagine. So I've done that in a maroon with a cream trim. My only problem with it is that the button band just doesn't seem to work. As I don't know whether I'm doing it wrong, I've never knitted a button band before. Um, so this was quite good because I've knitted up an, a seamed a garment. The seams are fairly okay. I haven't got a mattress theme to, to match up so it's almost invisible but it looks alright. And I found picking up stitches around the um, neckline quite difficult. Problematical. Yeah, it's just it's just very hard to get them so they look neat and they're on the edge and they're on the right side. But the way you do the buttons are when you're knitting, pick up stitches and so you just knit straight, but to do one buttonhole, you just cast off one stitch and then pick up the carry on as normal. And then on the next row, you cast an extra stitch over. So the hole for the button is only one stitch missing, which is teeny, teeny, tiny. And then because it's so small, it's very difficult to find it and oh that's tedious yeah so i think and it, and it means that when you're doing the um casting stitches on over the top it's very i found it very messy to do and i think it would be better if you cast off three stitches because i mean i know they're small buttons but and you can you can get a button through it but and i imagine that as you keep buttoning it it would stretch out yeah and um, in fact i had been shoving pencils in to try and stretch that but i found it a bit um a bit messy and not a very neat way to do it because it's such a sort of neat little cardigan all in one colour um, and with the v-neck I found that not, not a great way to do them so I would be interested to see other patterns and how they handle making buttonholes because I thought that was a strange way to do it They're so, it's just so small yeah it's and it, it doesn't um, I mean obviously it's not like on a um, one you'd get in like on a shirt where you'd get the sewing around it yeah, yeah you bind it up so it, on a 
well, it's never going to be that clear, but you can usually at least see it, whereas you kind of just, you might as well not have it there. Just you might as well just, yeah, just jam it through the stitches. But those done, I'm now without any knitting project because I unraveled my zombie sl- killer slouch hat because it was too big. Um, Is that the one that looked like a jellyfish? Yeah, and also I realised I'd done the hat band on the wrong size needles, which is one of the reasons it was so uh, big. And I, because I, I can't go out to buy the right size needles, I'm waiting for someone to go and buy me these six millimetre DPMs. Right, gotcha. Yeah, hint. Anyone? Bueller. <laughs> Bueller. Jessica, you are I, knitting squares. I've started, yeah, I'm knitting squares, I'm making a bedspread. Lovely. Um, just, I, I was in a hobby craft and I saw some wool, well it's not wool, um, some yarn that I kind of <laughs> caught my eye and I just wanted to knit something out of it. Um, and it's quite chunky and I've got it in different colours. I've got one that's like shades of pale blue, one that's shades of pale pink, one that's kind of multicoloured. So I think that when they're all together, <laughs> they'll kind of look cool in squares that are like, I don't, I cast on 15 stitches, so they're like... 15 centimetres. Is it quite chunky? Yeah, it's really chunky. It's 15 centimetres. What 15 size centimetres. needles are you knitting on? Uh, uh, one centimetre. Okay. So, yeah. So how is you know your how massive is. crochet thing going? The cream one with all the tiny squares. No, the big purple thing. Oh, yeah, that's fine. That's just an ongoing every so often I do a couple of rows. Considering how easy it is, I should have finished it like the same week I started <laughs> it. But I sort of went, oh, this is fun. This is great. This is really easy. And then I'll just put that there for the moment. Okay. So yeah, yeah. I'm now without project. I mean, I could probably, I should probably finish off the striped version of the Rico cardigan before I start anything else. But that was a bit of a stash busting project. And what I am possibly thinking of doing is because I just want something simple to knit. Is I used one ball of wool for the body of the cardigan and the contrast for the trim. And then I'm thinking of just doing it in reverse because I obviously have the right amount. Yeah. Um, just because I like having something to knit, and it's you don't even have to pearl over. <laughs> It's very fun. That easy. sounds good. Yeah. That's a good idea. What, what have, have we seen this week? What have we seen this week? Hey, um, this is all of a theme. It is. We have... Um, Didn't even mean that one. Christina Bianco is a lady, uh, a Broadway singer, I should say, um, who has got quite a few videos on YouTube where she famously sings songs in the styles... Well... She, she does impressions. She does impressions. She's an she impressionist. does vocal impressions. Um... And they're brilliant. And she has recorded Let It Go from yes. Frozen. She starts off as Adina Menzel and then um, turns into Demi Lovato, who did the version uh, that they play over the credits, as Disney are wanted to do. And then she just kind of keeps going and people shout out the names of who she should be next. And she does Barbara Streisand and um, Kristen Chenoweth. That's spot on. Her uh, Celine Dion is very good. Britney's fine. Christina Aguilera... Um, her Adele is very good as Adele, well. Adele, yeah. Um, yeah, so check out her. Uh, that's very entertaining. And she has lots of other videos of her. her Total Eclipse of the Heart's good. Mm-hmm. And Cabaret. And she finishes with Liza. Yes. And we are also recommending of a theme. There's a 16 year old called Angela who lives on Long Island. And she does costuming. And she does bits of cosplay. And she has done an absolutely amazing version of. Um, Queen Elsa's snowdress from Frozen, um, which went around on BuzzFeed, which is where we first saw it, and it's really, really impressive. And in fact, all of her costumes are really good. So you can find her. Um, she's Doxy Queen One, the number one, and then the rest is all words on Tumblr, and that has links to all of her blogs, which has sewing walkthroughs, completed costumes, and things. And um, you can see all her first stuff, and we'll put a link up specifically. They're very impressive. She's very good. Jess is going to make me one, aren't you? Yep. Cool. So. On that note, have you eaten enough icing? Okay, bye!
To find out more and to look at our show notes, you can visit our website at rosieandjessica.co.uk. You can email us at say hello to rosieandjessica at gmail.com or you can follow us on Twitter, The Day of Fun Show. You can listen to our shows on Mixcloud or you can download us from iTunes. See you soon.